everybody. Welcome to No One Told Me, where we believe hindsight is everything. My name is Callie, and if it's your first time tuning in with us, I just want you to know what we're here for. Every single week, we take a look back, and we talk about the moments, the experiences, and the seasons that we walked through that we really wish someone would have given us a heads up on. You know what I'm saying? Those moments where you're sitting there and you're like, surely, surely someone else has gone through this. Why do I feel like I'm the first and only? Good news. You are not the first or only person to walk through whatever season you're walking through. And I hope you finish this episode or past episodes or future episodes knowing that, knowing that you are not alone. This week in particular uh, is about a topic that doesn't sound exciting to talk about. But it truly is something that I wish I had figured out sooner, something that I had been more intentional with sooner. So let me start with this. Ryan and I, my husband, we've been married 10 years. Uh, We dated six years before that. And four of those years were spent long distance. He was about six hours away from me. And in the spring, um, he was a a baseball player. And so in the spring, he couldn't come home like at all, right? And so if I was going to see him, I had to go there. And I couldn't always go there. So we would go long stints without seeing each other. And we always tell people, we would go back and we would do it the exact same way. Was it really hard? Absolutely. But what we had to figure out, the only way we were going to survive, the only way we were going to make it is by communicating and figuring out how to communicate and have conversations and talk about our days and unload what was going on and celebrate the good. All of it had to happen over the phone, right? Um, and so we got, we got really good at communicating with each other because we didn't have a choice. And that has, that has really fed our marriage. Now, here we are 10 years later. And I, I give you that example and that story, um, because when it comes to prayer, I had these expectations for it of what it was supposed to look like, um, when I pray and that I have to get like the right combination of words and feelings and, um, say the right things and pray over the right things to really feel an intimacy with God. Right. And if I didn't feel that after the first few times of intentional prayer, then I just thought it's not, it's not for me. Like why, why keep trying? I guess that's almost with anything in life, right? I mean, we give it a go a few times and it doesn't quite meet the expectations that we had. And so we think it will never be what we thought it was going to be. Um, and this conversation with, with Valerie today, her whole company is built around intentional prayer. Not the kind where your mind wonders, not the kind where you're thinking about, um, okay, I'm going to pray over this, but then gosh, I have like four things I have to finish today. You know what I'm talking about, right? I had to learn about journaling my prayers, writing down my prayers, and I had to keep showing up for them, right? So it wasn't hours at a time. It wasn't even 30 minutes at a time in prayer. It was just this consistent, like, I'm going to show up to this place, and I'm going to write down my prayers, and then I'm going to get to go back and see how God met me in those spaces. And what it developed was an intimacy, developed a deep, rich relationship uh, with Jesus that I don't think would have happened if I had not learned this intentionality with prayer, that I wish I had learned a whole lot sooner. So if you're in the throes of a big decision, if you are just feel carrying a heaviness, or maybe you just you want to celebrate something or you're feeling a heaviness for someone else. I really, really want us to learn the value of prayer, not as a last ditch effort. um, But as but as our first line of defense, the first thing that we do 
when we step into a new season or when we feel stuck in a season, what would happen if this became a habit, became something we did not out of um, a Hail Mary pass to try to try to figure it out, but out of an intimacy with a relationship with Jesus. That's what I want for us. Um, and so I'm not, I've not figured it out yet. I don't have it. I don't have it down pat, but that Valerie's take on it, especially how she walks through decisions and, and what do you do when your feelings are, are kind of mudding the water? Like you don't know if you're hearing from God or if it's just like your deep rooted feelings. That's, it's all so confusing sometimes. So this conversation is super valuable and clarifying to that. And honestly, I just hope as always, that you are better for pushing play. I don't know why I thought I had seen on your website that you were in Nashville, but you're way, way further south than that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're about like an hour and a half from the coast. Oh, so. that's so nice. Do you? Okay, so I live right next to the mountains, but yeah, we hardly yeah. ever go to the mountains, right? So like everyone's first question yeah. is always like, do you just spend all your weekends in the mountains? And I'm like, I, I'm ashamed to say I do not. But do you yeah. all go to the coast quite a bit? Or So our coast is like wetlands. So okay. it's not, but like we, we've, we just went to this, it's actually from 45 minutes from our house. It's like a very like low-key beach it's not like an actual beach sure. like i don't know but we brought a little uh, campfire out there and that was fun and i was like man this is only 45 minutes away we need to do this but yeah we we're five hours from like florida beach so we go oh, there okay. every summer oh so, that yeah. makes sense and you have two kids right mm -hmm. okay yeah, what yeah. are their ages vivi is eight and she sounds a lot like your seven-year-old <laughs> We'll correct you on things. She knows the facts and she is not going to yes. be shaken. Yes. <laughs> yes. And if she doesn't know the facts, we're all lost. But And then I have a five-year-old, Vanna, who's the complete opposite of her. <laughs> okay. Do you not, and even in talking with fr my friends, Valerie, I feel like the first one, the second one is almost always opposite. So like whatever oh, yeah. you have in the first, it's the mm -hmm. second one has all the opposite traits. I just feel like that's the pattern. Yeah, absolutely. So Valerie, this podcast, like it's so similar. When I read your story, I thought, I think so many of us find ourselves in that first time mom scenario, right? And it's one of those biggest moments where like, why did no one prepare us a little bit more for this, right? The worries and the fears. Mm -hmm. I was in a nursing mother's room and a first time mom walked in and she, I will never forget the look in her eyes, but that is what kind of inspired this podcast. But I know Valmarie Paper, the company and organization that you get to lead, it had a similar start. How did you know this was something you needed to do and how did it end up launching into just a completely unexpected business? Yeah. You know, I, I was just very anxious with pregnancy and I knew that I wasn't going to survive it without the Lord. I actually felt like I was hearing a lot about the negative things of motherhood mm. and no one told me about the positive things sure. of motherhood. Yep. So I was just just feeling like, you know, I'm already kind of a melancholy personality where like I I just feel like a magnet to the negative. Like I have to fight really hard for joy. Mm. So the idea of postpartum and everything like that, I actually had depression in the first trimester of both mm. of my pregnancies instead of postpartum, which yeah. is different. Sure. But I knew that if I was going to get through it, I needed to be praying consistently for like, I just had so many things I knew I wanted to be praying for. Like I, it, if I'll go look at my, my very first journal, the things I was praying for was like sleep and being able to nurse and staying connected with my husband and having joy in that early phase and having wisdom, knowing what to do. And I had heard friends say like, they couldn't sleep at night because they were, you know, like 
it's just hard to sleep when there's a baby next, like mm. you're just waiting, like watching their breath and everything. Mm-hmm. I felt like the Lord answered so many of those prayers. But anyway, I, I was wanting to organize these thoughts and not depend on my own brain to try to filter it out because, you know, pregnancy brain was mm-hmm. a real thing yes, too. Sure. And, and I really envisioned this format that kind of like broke everything up into categories. It was for a month to where I could like really sink into something for a while. I had tried using a, just a blank notebook for several months and I just could not use it consistently because it was like, I'd have like, oh, so-and-so's test on one line. And then the next <laughs> line would be something you pray for for a year. Yes. You know? So yeah. it was like, when do you flip the page or yep. how do you filter through all this? It, that sounds like so silly and like practical, like this with the structure, but I really, it was so paralyzing to me. Mm-hmm. And I even, I really thought this format had to exist. So I Googled for two months to see if I could find it. And when I couldn't find them, um, I was a wedding planner. or I had been a wedding planner, but I was just doing wedding invitations at the time. Mm-hmm. And my printer was like, well, I can print these for you if you want. And um, from there it was, you know, he needed to print 50 for it to be like, for him to actually be able to do it. And then I was kind of just going to put it out there and see if anybody would buy it. And I truly was hoping to just cover my cost of the actual journals and not just like make a profit off sure. of it. But the response was overwhelming. And I just, I just had no idea other people struggled with it, which sounds silly to say now, but I really had no idea other people struggled with focus and prayer yeah. at the time. Well, <laughs> and that's, that is so much, how many scenarios do you find yourself in where the enemy is telling you this is just you like you're just you're the only one that's not good at this right like you're the only one who doesn't know what to do Um, and I think that's all seasons I also think so valuable at the beginning of what you were just sharing Valerie when you said we get in this habit of only telling people the hardest worst parts of pregnancy and motherhood right And and I know we do it a lot of times as joking but I'm guilty of it too I rarely are we talking as much about the joy on the other side Mm -hmm. of it. And I think even not even knowing what to pray for, because you don't know what to expect, right? Like everyone is so different. And just the thought of, you know, I'm going to do something active about this because prayer a lot of times can feel inactive, you know, that you're not doing it enough. I know I spent so much of my life viewing prayer as just this last ditch effort. Like, let's just toss up these prayers and hope something sticks. Right. So yeah, how, how do the journals? I mean, I know you've, you've grown way outside of just like, it's not just for first time moms now. I mean, the, the scope of what you're covering so that there can be this specific intentional prayer. How, how do they help you bring that intentionality to prayer? What do you think keeps us from praying with confidence? Is it, we just feel like we don't know where to start or what to do. How have you kind of seen that evolve over the past few years? Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is, is we want to be intentional about what we pray for. But like when we sit down, like if you have 10 minutes to pray in the morning and you spend seven of it, like thinking about your to-do list or staring (laughs) off into space, like that's that. just practically, that's just a bummer that like, you know, that is how we just spend our prayer time. So for these journals, it's really just about being intentional with the time that you do have. Like you spend time prayerfully thinking about what you want to pray for once, but at that point, you know what you want to pray. You don't need to reinvent the wheel every single day and say, oh, you know, like have this 30 minutes of like trying to figure out what the Lord wants you to cover in prayer when it's like, you know what? I know he wants me to pray for my kids. I know he wants me to pray for my husband. Like all these things that like we know 
And, and I think it just helps us to pray for what we already know we want to pray for, mm-hmm. but, but we just can't reinvent the wheel every single time we sit down to do that. Mm-hmm. Most of us do not have three hours a day yeah, to gosh. do that, you know? Yeah. And that even feels overwhelming, right? Like yeah, you start comparing someone else. Cause there, there are people that aren't in my life, women who are incredible, just prayers, you know, like when mm-hmm. they say they're the kind of people that when they say, I'm going to pray for you. It's like, you just know something's going to happen, right? Like they're the ones that you're like sending your request to, because you know how they approach it. You know what they do. But then you're thinking that that's not for you when that's not the truth, right? And so Mm -hmm. I will sit there. You said you think about to-do lists and my brain, it just wonders so fast, right? Like it just, it it shoots off in different directions. But I also struggle a lot with Valerie. And I don't know if you do too, of like repetitive prayers. Like I feel like mm-hmm. I'm sitting there trying to pray and before I know it, I'm saying the same things over and over again. Right. Because I'm like, I gotta yeah. stay on track. I gotta stay on track. Do these journals and just kind of this mindset help you almost pray more specifically instead of just broad strokes. So that way it feels more intentional. Yeah. Yes. So the, we have about, I think it, I can't, I should probably know this, but there's probably like eight categories. Yeah. So most days you're not praying through the whole thing. So you're not praying the same thing every day. Okay. You might be praying for the world and nation and the and your community one day. You might be praying for your friends the next. And you might be praying for your family the next or, you know, like different specifics. So I think that helps to break it up to where it's not, you're not praying the same five things every day. But at the same time, like I know for me, like using the journals, I've been using these for eight years. And there's some things that I have, have that have literally been on my prayer list every single day, every single month for eight years. Mm-hmm. It's peace, peace in Christ, joy in Christ, energy and rest. And oh, there's one more. But like, these are things that I know I want to keep praying for. But at the same time, there's certain things that I mix up a lot. Like if I'm praying, you know, some months I'll text my friends, hey, what can I be praying for you for? Mm-hmm. And we'll put prayers for that. And then other months, especially if it's a really busy month, I'll just write out a prayer from like Ephesians of like what Paul prayed for whoever he was writing to. And that kind of changes it too. It kind of just mixes it up for me in Mm -hmm. a good way. But yeah, I hope that answers the question. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You know, I'm a big proponent of routine. Like I believe any discipline can become a habit. It's just that first part, the discipline part that you have to lean into. Mm -hmm. And so for you in this routine, right? Because if you can build this into your routines, then it doesn't feel as big or as overwhelming or like, I don't even know where to start. What is, how have you personally seen growth and kind of found God's presence within your own prayer life? What is your routine Mm. look like? Because I think a lot of people are like, okay, what can it, what can it look like? Give me a a starting point. So what's yours? Yeah. I love this question because I feel like, so on our podcast, I'll ask every week, like, how do you want to keep growing your prayer life? Because even if I'm talking to prayer warriors, it's really encouraging to know like there's just so much we can learn and grow about in prayer and we're never done. Like we, we don't, there's not one person I've interviewed who's just like, well, I'm kind of like really good with it and I'm just done. <laughs> sure. You know, so yeah. there's always stuff. Yes. So, but I'll tell you how God has grown me to this point. Before I started, it was it was a lot about prayers for myself and mm. prayers for my comfort and prayers for my physical health mm-hmm. or, you know, like things like that. And God has transformed me over the last eight years slowly through that time to praying more consistently, praying with more confidence mm-hmm. as I study his word praying more for others and praying more 
outside of my time in my journal. So like, I probably don't use the journal as much as people would think, but it's because I'm naturally praying a lot Mm -hmm. throughout my day Mm -hmm. with other people. The latest lesson I feel like the Lord has taught me is just the importance of praying with other people because I always saw that as like an extra thing and I am a doer. So like, I would rather check something off my list than like sit on a porch with somebody. Sure. I feel that. Yes. Yeah. Casually. It's like, I want to know what the, like, what's the purpose of this? Yeah. What are we doing? What are um, are we going to accomplish here today? Yeah. I get it. Yeah, exactly. And, and he's just really been shifting my heart. Like even over the last year, I've gotten to pray in prayer groups and this is something I host one in my house right now. And it takes all of my Thursday and it's like a full work day for me, Hmm. but it's so worth it because I'm just like, I have seen what God has done as I've prayed with others over this past year. Last year was really hard. And I felt like there were so many times where I was just like, I am struggling to pray and just need somebody to pray with me. And those prayers, when somebody's praying over you, it, it just keeps you going. So yeah, that's, that's probably been the latest thing that the Lord has really taught me about prayer. And, and it is cool to see like where I've, I've come from in prayer because even as a child, like my, I, I was always a worrier and my mom, my mom's go-to for me was praying. Mm-hmm. So I've always known that prayer was important and that God cared about it, but it's amazing to see how like that was a really good foundation, but there has just been so much growth as I've prayed more and yeah. Yeah. Just how he, how he meets you in it. You know, it's funny you say, praying with someone because I think if I look back at my first year you know you asked that question and I thought okay what is it actually what does that look like for me how has that looked Mm -hmm. and truthfully I have learned the value of praying for someone who's close to you or someone that you who has shared and opened and created some vulnerability with you and allowed you into that space with them like praying specifically for them. So listing out what you're praying for, or even typing, if, it, if it's just a text message, and let's say they've just texted you, I had a friend text me Friday night and said, I'm just in a really bad place, kind of mentally and emotionally right now. And I just wondered if you would pray for me. And to be able to specifically type out a prayer that wasn't just yes, I'm praying for you right now, which is valuable. I mean, that is. Yeah, but yeah. it's something about it's a different thing. It's something yeah. when you're like listing exactly what you're praying over them, right? And, and yeah. they know you're doing it in that moment. But because I am guilty of the flippant, like, absolutely, I'm going to pray for you. And then guess what? I'm distracted or I come up with something, like something comes and I forget that I even said I was going to do it. But these specific prayers of making someone, you can make someone feel so seen and known in how you pray for them and understood. And I've just learned the value in that probably over the fa- the past year that I might not be sitting next to you praying over you. But even a text or a voice memo, so you still feel that, like, you're not sitting in it alone, right? Yeah, and you know that God, like, you you, you praying for somebody could literally be them seeing God work in their life. Like, mm-hmm. if, if I pray for somebody and they, you know, tell me a little bit of details, but then I pray for something that's, like, hits hits exactly what they were feeling about it, mm. they know that that's not me being smart. That's, that's God saying, I want you to help. I want you to be there for my child. And, mm. you know, that's just a powerful thing for somebody to experience through us, which is just crazy. That's, it's, it's crazy that we get to do that. That is so good. I've honestly never looked at the flip side of prayer like that. Yeah. That's just, that is so good, Valerie. You know, a lot of what you have gotten to work toward, I'm sure has come with 
knowing when to say yes and knowing Mm -hmm. when to say no. I think, I think it's a struggle for everyone, but women specifically who feel pulled, you know, whether home or work or community relationships all, or just, you know, time alone, it's hard to know when to say yes and when to say no. And a lot of people just receive the advice, well, you know, pray about it. I've had so many big decisions recently and that's such valuable advice, but I'm like, okay, but I want an answer, you know, like I'm used to viewing prayer as a conversation, which it is to a degree, but also I always think God's going to answer me in the moment of my prayer, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm going to know exactly what to do, but prayer is more active than we think. Like, you know, I said, I had to battle not viewing it as passive as just like I'm throwing this up and hoping something happens. So what does praying over a decision look like for you? I know so many listeners have decisions hanging Mm -hmm. over them and they just don't know what to do. So I wondered, you know, if you have any stories of just trying to discern what God is asking of you. Yeah, no, this is a great question. And this is learning how to listen to God and like find clarity with God is one of the biggest questions we get asked because we do, we, you know, I feel like our audience is a group of good girls who want to follow God. They just don't know how all the time. It's like how, you know, like we just feel like, okay, God, if you just wrote this out on a piece of paper, stuck it on my door, I would do it, but I don't know what you want. And um, so I think that's, first of all, just very common if anybody's listening and feeling like that. I think a few things are important. And I'll tell you a story that I actually have in the book about discerning something, but I think learning to hear God's voice and know what it sounds like, which is basically reading his word, Mm. knowing his character, knowing what would come from his mouth. You know, like he's not going to, for the most part, I'll never limit God, but like for the most part, we're not going to hear him audibly. Mm. It's going to be reading his word and, and seeing how that applies to our life. It might be wise counsel that we get that we just know that God has given the, us this person. Like I was just saying about intercessory prayer, like this person is speaking to me through God or God is speaking through this person to me. But knowing his voice, knowing what it would sound like and being quiet enough to hear it. And I think that's the hardest thing for us to get is we expect God to answer us on the run. Like we ask him a question and then we just get up and walk away. Sure. And that's foolish. Like, uh, I mean, that doesn't work in our human relationships and it doesn't work with God to just say, Hey God, I'm just like, yeah, leave a note on my door and, or like leave a voicemail and I'll get it later. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we, we want to make space for him. And, and that's still a hard concept to think about, like what is making space look like? But I think it could be as simple as asking God a question in the morning and then and just having this posture of like your ears are open, you are looking for him to speak to you through your day. But yes, yeah, so getting back to the story, and this kind of adds a different tip, but we were trying to figure out what to do with our girls. We were just not sure if school was going to be out again for a couple of months or what was going to happen. Yeah. I had my book deadline in October, so it was we were very much like, we have to figure this out. We very and much need school to be in. We need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like this is, this is, and it had already been like, I had already, it was a lot, but anyway. Yes. I feel that. I, mean, it I get it. For everybody. Yes. But we had a friend say, Hey, I'm going to get this retired teacher to teach my two girls. Our girls were the same age. They were friends. It was like, and I was like, let me just pray about this for a few days and fast. And me and my husband did that. And then we prayed for three days. We fasted for one day. And there was no like big 
oh my gosh, this is it. We just felt a piece about it. Mm-hmm. And we, we, it was, it was kind of like one of those things where you're just like, I just know that the next thing is to just do the next, take the next step. Sure. And I always pray that Lord, if I'm, if I'm mishearing you or taking something out of context, please alert me. Mm-hmm. Like I am, I want to know if I'm going the wrong way. And I, ch- I choose to obey. Like I decide that before he answers because mm-hmm. I think that's important. But yeah. I, would, I think taking a step sometimes when we're, maybe we're not like like a hundred percent sure, but we're pretty sure. I think is good and just being very open and surrendered if it's not the right thing. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking of one other thing, but it totally left my mind. <laughs> I love when that happens. You're speaking my language now, Valerie. That is all of my thoughts. <laughs> you know, I just last last week I had to make a big decision about a job. And I, I just I just prayed so specifically, God, is this a gift from you or is this a distraction mm-hmm. from what you actually want me to be doing? You know, um, but those are some of the hardest moments of when you're trying to make that decision or trying and you feel like if you're going to get it wrong, right? But yeah. some of the the best advice I've ever been given is that when you're in pursuit of Jesus and obedience is your priority and obedience is what you're trying to lead with and walk in, then it's really hard to get it wrong, right? Like it's only good mm-hmm. or better when you have a posture of obedience and humility of just I'm my eyes are on you. And so whatever happens, happens. But I think it's a very valid point to say, like, it's not going to be a lightning strike moment. Usually, you know, it's not going to yeah. be a like, it, it's right in front of you. And you're like, okay, I know the answer. Like your thoughts just going to pop in and you're gonna be like, yep, that's it. I know what to do. Well, and my, my husband always says he's, he, he's like a more pragmatic, I think that would be the right word. But like, I'm like trying to like pray and like sense what God's trying to tell me. <laughs> and he's like, you know, there's some things that it's like, it's in the Bible. Like, yeah. should we help this homeless man? The Bible talks about that. But I do think there's a lot of things where it's just like, you know what? We will sometimes feel like, oh, I'm trying to figure out what God's telling me. And really, the answer is already in his word. Like, mm-hmm. do I need to forgive this person or make amends with this person? You know, like, yeah. we we don't need to make it more complicated than it is. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, there's some things where it's like, it's it's good, better, or best, you know, yeah. like it's not failure. And, and that's a hard one for me to learn. Cause I've, I have a very black and white personality. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I feel like I want to know if this isn't the right thing, then the other thing is just going to be total disaster. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. how I think. So I'm, <laughs> I'm having people help me with that. It's either or not both. And I got my husband functions very much like that as well. But I I wonder too, though, for you, Valerie, how do you not you know, you said, it's funny, because you'll like you're praying and you're trying to sense what God wants. How do you separate? Okay, feelings, right? Mm -hmm. Like these, these urges or these emotions, how do you kind of filter those out? when you are praying through a decision, when you are, you know, trying to figure out what might be next, how do you filter out your feelings to make sure that you're in line with, you know, the word and the voice of God instead of just your own emotions? Yeah, I think a few ways. First, if it doesn't line up biblically, then it's, it's definitely just my feelings. Sure. You know, I think if it prioritizes my comfort, that's just one for me personally, Mm -hmm. that like my comfort is pretty big in importance to me. Mm -hmm. So like, I just have to check myself with that. And I think just talking it out with other people who know you and know what what your struggles are, they can, they can be a voice too. Like if they could be more rational, if it's something that's super emotional. And I would also say not making a decision right away. And I, I, 
I say that. And then I also said to to just take a step. But I guess what I mean here (laughs) is in these things where we feel like, is this my emotion or is this sad? Like separating ourselves from that emotion a little bit with a little Mm -hmm. bit of time is Mm -hmm. helpful too. Because we may just be having a super emotional day because we just saw something that reminded us of something, you know, that, that brought on heavy feelings that aren't true or you know Mm -hmm. yeah 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 I was also thinking you know you said you and your husband prayed over that decision what does Mm -hmm. your prayer life look like with your spouse I know so many want to develop that and want that to be an important role in their marriages I know we have a lot of young listeners who are maybe engaged or hope to be married how did you develop kind of a prayer life with your husband yeah so my husband was funny when we were dating like he he felt like prayer praying together was like such an intimate thing. We didn't pray much while we were dating together. Like it was very limited. Yeah. And and I was just like, I prayed with everybody, you know, just like, what, you know, someone walking down the street, let me pray with you real quick. Just a second. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And, but, but our prayer life, I mean, it's, it's not super structured. And I would say that I have learned to accept his style of the way he um, walks out his faith, like, which I used to, probably judge him a little bit for not having it look like mine. Sure. Yeah. But ours looks like now our goal every night is to share three things, three positive things about our day, just so that we're not going to bed negative and just complaining to each other about things and then to pray together. And that's probably the most structure that we have in things, but we'll pray over each other. Like I know I'll wake up in the morning and if I know he's got something big that day, I'll just put a hand on him. And that's usually my way of saying, Hey, I'm praying for you right Mm -hmm. now. And, or we'll send text messages to each other, but it's, it's, I guess it depends on your personalities of how, how structured you get with it, because I never want to make Tyler feel like it's a burden Mm -hmm. or because he is such a free spirit. I just want it to be something where it's like, this is good for both of us. And, yep. and we know this is important. It's something and I'm not he, to... he enjoys and isn't forced into like yeah. something he wants yeah. to do maybe. And is not because I do, I do think Valerie that, especially I remember when I was engaged, I had it in my head that it had to look a certain way, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like our faith com- coming together has to look this way. And then we need to wake up and pray together. And then we need to, you know, like be at our kids' bedsides praying together over them. And then we're going to pray at night together. Like I just had all of these, but they were everyone else's. It's like I took pieces of everyone else's mm-hmm. like faith and, and structure and, and prayer lives and marriages. And we're like, okay, these pieces fit us. And they didn't. Right. And then I think it's so valuable to know that exactly like you said, you have to figure it out between your different personalities and your different faith Mm -hmm. and how you walk out your faith. And it doesn't have to look a certain way. I think you just gave a lot of relief to a lot of people. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) That it's okay if it doesn't look that way. But even something as simple as, you know, three things that were positive, three things that were great about today. I know in your book, Pray Confident and Consistently, you talk about we all feel at times just like stagnant and alone and like we're just mm-hmm. talking to our seat to a ceiling right when we're trying to pray and we don't really know what to we want to bring we want to be positive but we also know a lot of times in prayer we're just going for the hard things right like the things we don't know what to do with did this did this book did it come from personal experience of just feeling overwhelmed and for those that are feeling overwhelmed by it all how do you encourage yeah. them to keep trying anyway yeah so so this book started with our community and 
the struggles that we've just talked with them with for eight years and weaved throughout this, the book are my stories of it, but it was really cool to feel like I knew what people were struggling with so well because of like literally thousands of conversations over the last eight years that I felt like I was able to write to where, you know, people who have read it, they'll say like, I just feel like you're speaking to me on this or that feeling of like, I didn't know everybody struggled with this because it does feel like you're writing to me. And I think it was, it was just a really cool timing. You know, like I never could have written this book a year after creating the journals. So it, I think that's where it started, which was, I guess, really exciting for me to just feel like, oh my gosh, we can answer these things. Like, and, and we've probably answered some things different places, but to just have this source, this book that could just be like, this is for the person who feels stagnant and is struggling. And then, yeah, give pieces of my own story of like those moments for me and very honest conversations about what we feel with prayer that, that we need to address for us to have the confidence to pray. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You, you shared a chapter of the book on your podcast, mm -hmm. Prayer in a Noisy World, and it was on lament and this idea mm -hmm. that God invites us to bring, you know, the doubts and the complaints to him. And that is, you know, we want to pray about the hard things, but I, I know for me personally, I can only speak from personal experience. I'll write in, I just have a notebook that I'll write because I just realized my prayers go all over the place, which is the same mm -hmm. concept of the prayer journals that if I'm not writing it down, then my thoughts are on like, did I pack a snack for the, for Henley before she left for school? <laughs> um, and so I'm, I'm writing it down. And just last week, Valerie, I was thinking, gosh, God probably just feels like all I do is complain. Like all I want him to do is like fix problems. Right. And even yeah. at the beginning of this episode, when you said um, we, we can start out just being concerned about our own comfort, right? Like, mm -hmm. how do I make myself more comfortable? What do I need him to handle? But there's this balance, right? Of like, God's like, no, bring me your doubts and complaints. But why is it mm -hmm. hard to believe that he wants those from us. Why does it almost yeah. feel like you feel a little guilty taking them all the time, right? Why does he want us to come to him in spite of our doubt um, yeah. on those really hard days? Yeah, I think it's hard to imagine that God will love us if we do that mm. because we know that it's yucky. We know that like, um, how are we going to complain to the God of the universe? He created me. He mm. made me like, aren't I just like a whiny kid who just seems ungrateful? Yeah. And, <laughs> I know like I have a friend who we, we've talked about things going on and and she had a prayer request just like a financial prayer request and she struggled to pray for that because she just felt like I mean there's kids starving in Africa like mm -hmm. how am I like why would God care about this when there, there's so much bigger fish to fry yeah is a, something always a phrase I always say but I think we have to remember that God loves us and he doesn't love the complaints he doesn't he, it's not like he's like just sitting there. I say this in the book. He's not sitting there with popcorn waiting to like hear everything because he's excited to hear it. But yeah. he knows he's literally the only one who could change our hearts. So if we do not come to him with that, we will like like things will fester. We'll just get a root of bitterness. Like mm -hmm. it, it's just not good. And and he knows like I'm here. Like I want to walk with you through this. If he judged us for that, he would have never sent his son to die on the cross. Just like picturing Jesus on the cross and like the way people treated him. God died or God sent his son to die for those people too. So like, if we put our own little complaints in that big perspective of like, okay, do I really think that if I tell God like, God, this is really hard. Like, I do not know what I'm doing. I feel like you're, you have to... Uh, 
to some extent abandoned me. Like, mm-hmm. do we feel like those words are going to pierce him hmm. more than everything else that has happened in the world? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't come to him. We want to come with to him respectfully and just, but, but we can be honest. And if we can't be honest with him, then it's not a real relationship. It mm-hmm. is God is seeing part of you and, there's always going to be a distance if we are not honest with God. Mm -hmm. You know, even that part, it's just so fresh to me. This is, I'm just getting fresh eyes on even the way God views our prayers. But you just said it's on, it it is he who will change our hearts. So it's not necessarily, Mm -hmm. I'll catch myself praying that he'll change the circumstance or change the situation or change, you know, what is around me. And what he's really, when we, when we bring those to the table and we lay them in front of him, it's not necessarily that he's going to change your circumstance as much as he's going to lean in and change your heart and your view of the Mm -hmm. circumstance. And I just, that's so valuable to, to Mm -hmm. approach it. Like, God, I'm not asking you necessarily to change everything, but I'm in this hard spot and only you can change how I view it. And only you can change how I approach it. And and if I could add one more thing, every, every good thing in our life, every good thing is in his presence. It's not like in my journal, I like at the front of it, we have like a word, like whatever word you want that describes God to like meditate on. And the thing I put in there was that was just that. And I put several verses, peace is in his presence. Joy is in his presence. Mm -hmm. Comfort is in his presence. He says, come to me and I will give you rest. When you Mm -hmm. come to me, it's all found in his presence. So, so with that is come to me with your complaints and your doubts Mm -hmm. and I will change your heart. It's all in his presence. I don't know how else to say it. (laughs) Well, and that's the the experience of the presence of God is Mm -hmm. it's so big and so real, you know, just even before we recorded, I just dropped my son off at school and I was sitting in the car and I got a text from a friend about a little girl we had been praying over for healing over her. And she just let me know that she had passed away last night. And I just, that heaviness leaned in. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm praying over her parents and, uh, and I'm a little at a loss for words because as a mom, and I'm sure you, you get this too. It's like, how do you, how do you grapple with the loss mm-hmm. of your child? Right. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, yeah. I pray. And all I could think Valerie to pray for them was his presence. Like, because of what you just listed of what mm-hmm. can be found in his presence. And I, that's all I knew to pray is just a fullness of his presence with them wherever they were, whether they're still in the hospital room, whether they're, you know, like back in the hotel room by themselves, just a fullness of his presence with them in those moments because of what you will find in his presence. There's wow. just, there's just nothing like it. And even in the the hardest, you know, I, I think you said, I think a lot of people have had a hard couple of years. And I think that's been my most consistent prayer is God, just allow me to carry your presence with me and, uh, and allow me to bring your presence wherever I go, because of how you you spoke to it better than I've been able to describe it, just what's found in his presence. I just knew to pray for it. I didn't really put the words to it of why. Yeah. And you just did that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Valerie, we end we end every episode the same way. And some people love this question and some people want to end the episode <laughs> before they answer it, right? But it's what are you so happy someone did tell you about? So this can be anything. This can be like a book or a Starbucks drink. Maybe it's a personal thing you're learning right now that someone's kind of walking with you through. It can be anything. Yeah. Okay, so this is going to be a little bit weird of an answer, but I am glad. So there, 
I, I got off Instagram, like my personal Instagram in February. Yeah. And I really felt like that was a decision. Like the Lord gave me so much confidence and I never thought I would be able to get off. So like whenever I was getting off, it was, it was definitely, he brought peace because he knew that was what I needed to do. Sure. But there were two or three people who got off Instagram before me. One was Mika Perry. One was Diana Kerr. Diana Kerr is a life coach. Mika yeah. Perry was like an organizational gal. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they they planted the seed that this was okay to do and mm-hmm. possible to do. Mm-hmm. And it was been, it's been cool. I wrote a big blog post about leaving in February. And the comments or the messages that I got after, the emails from people saying, I have thought about this, but I feel like this just helps me to like think about it more. And, and I don't necessarily think everybody needs to get off, but I, yeah. everybody I've told, I just said, pray about it. And I am so glad if God planted a seed, it could just be that I use it less or whatever. But I'm just so grateful that God used people in my life to kind of plant that seed. And then I got to do that for other people as well. What have you, I, I have gotten to the point where like Saturday is just no social media day, just yeah. probably for a lot of the same reasons, but I just wanted to be free of it a little bit. And it, it's amazing. Just the difference of one day, the, the change. And I even have, there's a couple of women in my small group who have said, I just deleted the app off my phone. I just couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. What have you seen as some of the benefits of it? Like what do you see a shift kind of in your approach or your outlook, maybe less pressure? It's also a little different when you're leading a business and you feel the pressure to have it on behalf of, yeah. you know, like your business or whatever else. What of I'm just curious, kind of the shifts yeah. you've seen since you deleted it. Yes. So, so we still have a team of Instagram, which I don't manage. Well, like yeah, I'll, sure. I'll write posts and then I'll put them in a sauna and then they'll share it. Yeah. But for me, I even still look at some at Instagram sometimes, but what the biggest thing for me was the pressure mm-hmm. of feeling like I need to be doing this. And also the bubble that you get in to where, I don't know how to say this, like whenever I hop on now and I see certain things, it feels very, and this isn't everybody, but there, it just feels very like formulaic yeah. to get attention and I was doing the exact same thing, mm-hmm. but until you step away, you don't realize how, I don't want to say silly, but like just how inauthentic it looks. And and we're all doing it. Whatever I was doing it, everything, I was just sharing stuff about prayer. I wasn't, you know, trying to grab attention or trying to use like this bait and switch. It was very yeah. authentic, but it just felt like, Oh, I'm just glad to be like living my life. I am more involved in my community Mm -hmm. and my church. I am taking seriously my relationships because I'm not, I'm not filling up so much with everybody else. And I think for me, anxiety is, is an issue for me. So we are, I don't know what the exact phrase is, but like Jesus didn't move a certain amount of miles from his hometown Mm -hmm. and he did not have access. Well, Jesus is a bad example of that, but I was going to say he didn't have, he didn't know everything going on. No, he knew everything going on. Yeah. <laughs> but for us, we are used to hearing, you know, like the number of car accidents that we hear about or just tragedies that we hear about has multiplied so much because of social media. Yeah. So it seems a lot more normal. Mm-hmm. And so like, I know for me, like I, my, my anxiety kind of lessened that way hmm. of just, 
you know, I could yeah. carry the burdens of a friend who was struggling because I wasn't ca- mentally carrying a burden for somebody that I didn't know, you yep. know? Yeah. So, yeah. And it is, it's, you're, you're getting these looks into people's lives that you don't know. And somehow it's impacting you, right? Like a lot yeah. of them are, are, they might be acquaintances or, you know, someone you met once or twice, but then all of a sudden either it's impacting you, you know, negatively or positively either Hello? way. But it's so interesting to me how we don't always see the impact it's having. And so I think it's definitely worth whether, like you said, maybe you don't want to delete it, but maybe it's like, you know, I'm going to give it some space. I'm just going to look at it, you know, once or twice. So I think that was a great one. It wasn't even a weird one, Valerie. So don't worry about that. <laughs> Wait, what? Are you are you still there? Yeah, it just started. It started. It just had like a what's the word? Static. It was mad. I, it it was, was, I did not hear any static. So okay, it might have just been my headphones. Um, that's great. Don't worry. There I was took them out. There was no <laughs> static on this end. It's okay. It's okay. Okay. Good. No, I was just saying that was one of the better answers that we have gotten. So I know it. You might have carried a little pressure with giving the Instagram, deleting an Instagram, or getting off of Instagram answer, but it was so good. Yeah, I just think it. It's one of those things. Even if you don't want to get off of it, just maybe give it a little space. I think there's value to mm-hmm. to thinking about that. You know, considering yeah. it, but. Hey, Valerie, thank you so much for jumping on here with us today. I'm just so grateful for the way you are pouring into people and the ministry that that you have started and are continuing to to see so much growth from. It's just really valuable. So thank you for following God's call in that too. Oh, well, I appreciate that very much. And Valerie, tell us where we can find you. So website, podcast, yeah. all the all that great stuff. How can we find you? Yeah, blog every week, omripaper.com. And then, yeah, we have the podcast, Prayer in a Noisy World. That is so good. Listen, you can just line it up next to No One Told Me and listen. When do you all release episodes? So right now we've been releasing, we have an interview on Monday and then a related like how to 15 minute practical episode on Wednesday. And then Friday we have a prayer. So that's it's like basically one topic and then three different kind of ways to like use it use it yeah utilize it and, but, yeah. and i mean three episodes a week valerie i'm so impressed that's so great and i love the yeah. <laughs> the, the 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 rhythm of it that's so like just that they're all connected that's good stuff i love it yeah thank you valerie thank you so much and we'll let you we'll let you get back to it all right thanks for jumping in